Welcome to Outfielders Anonymous, take 2.0. I'm sitting here somewhere in my basement in South Carolina. This is your man, Hawk. And sitting with me is my good friend, Chase. Chase, how are we doing today? What's going on, guys? How are you? I am doing well. I'm really excited that we are back uh, in the saddle with Outfielders Anonymous. Uh, we did take some time off from the podcast um, because we had some software issues and some hardware issues, microphones and all those things. And um, also just did a little bit more research and kind of guidance about where we want to go with, with the podcast itself. Mm -hmm. um, so I know I'm excited. I am as well. And like I said, I think that we, we knew where we wanted to end up. I, I think the question was, how are, how are we going to get there as far as the podcast itself? And we were so green to creating a podcast and i guess we probably did it different than most people instead of seeking guidance or having a, a pro come in and do it we just we did it ourselves so it took some time kind of winging it yeah exactly <laughs> and plus we both made a couple of changes in our professional career that allowed us for more time to do stuff like this and so here we are we uh and i think it's a perfect time to start it now that we are in the off season winter meetings are now over spring training's right around the corner so we're not having to start behind the eight ball. We can start from the very beginning and run it all the way through the season, and we'll and we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, and and that's a good segue into you know Outfielders Anonymous is going to remain a baseball focused podcast, uh, but we're going to have uh, we're looking to do a general sports kind of spinoff because obviously we are in the off season, so we're going to uh, probably announce whatever that name will be for that podcast and launching that uh, in in the in the near future um and then we'll do some specializing in other sports um namely football but with that season nearly over it's uh it'll probably be uh towards the spring and and uh, draft time and all those things that will begin with a football focused podcast but that's what's good about football is that being that it's such a global thing now that even in the summer months when you don't have football being played you still have things like the combine you still have things like the draft there's still you know, you have to worry about who's going to retire, who's going to get drafted, um, you know, injuries that happen late in the season. You know, there's just so much to talk about, just like we're doing in, doing in baseball now. There's so much to talk about when the season's not even going on. Football will be the same way. We don't have to wait until there's actually a game on to talk about it. So that'll be a good thing. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, we have, uh, we'll, we will be relaunching. Um, this is the introductory episode, obviously, and then yep. right after this will be episode one, and we're going to relaunch an episode. It was an interview that we had with Eric Jarenko, who's the general manager of the Greenville Drive, which is the uh, single-A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox, and Eric was uh, gracious enough to have us uh, down at the stadium, and we did an interview with him back, uh, I want to say, in the July time frame, right before July 4th. If I'm yeah, not it was right there at that holiday, and guys, yeah. I can't say enough. You know, and, and you'll have to go back if you haven't heard the interview before. Take the time to listen to it. If you have not been to Floor Field in Greenville, and I mean, even if you're not a big baseball fan, it's worth it, the it trip really is. It's, to go It's down probably there. the best stadium uh, in the minor leagues, in my, in my opinion. I've been to several uh, Carolina Mudcats. Now, the Durham Bulls have a really good stadium up in Durham. Yep. Um, well, it's like even the Asheville Tourists, they have one great because of the history with it. But if yeah. you think about this day and age, they brought a history feel to a modern-day ballpark. It is a Fenway Park replica. They have things that make it feel old and historic from a minor league standpoint. But 
it's still new. They still have the technology that all of the brand new parks have. And it's a very spread out family atmosphere that you don't get with a lot of parks that have been around for, you know, 20, 30 plus years. Yeah. And I mean, they had, like you said, it's a Fenway replica. So it has a green monster out there, but it does have some history out of one of the gates is the Shoeless Joe Jackson Museum, which was the house that he lived in at the end of his life. It wasn't yep. a house that he grew up in. And I know that it actually wasn't there originally. I think they moved it. Yes, correct. Uh, to that location. It wasn't but. far from it because, I mean, in that whole downtown area, that used to be a very mill driven area, a lot of mill hills because, you know, textile city. But it it wasn't far. I yeah. mean, it was just you know a couple of miles away. But but as as, as we move forward again, uh, episode this will be episode zero. So episode one will be that interview with Eric Jarinko, and then we're going to do a, a quick episode two that we'll be launching. Uh, that will that I'll basically interview uh, Chase because Chase was uh, fortunate enough to go to the winter meetings for the major leagues, and uh, he has some insights and uh, going to tell us about that experience. But before we get through that and launch that, um, we thought that it would be good just to introduce ourselves because um, you know, as your hosts of this podcast, and, and we want to make it fan centric, so. Uh, we will be setting up uh, some type of call-in and emails so that you all can send us questions or ideas for the show because those are always good to uh, good to have because we want your feedback. Obviously, um, you know this is fun for us, and but we want to make it fun for our listeners. So, Chase, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Well, I don't know exactly how much you know people want to hear, how much people really care, but so. A little bit of background of, of who I am and what I do and, and how this came to be, you know, not only with what I do, but how, you know, Brian and I came to be doing this was lifelong sports fan, uh, lifelong baseball guy. Um, being that we are doing a baseball podcast, I need to focus on that a little bit. I think anybody that knows me, and I know a lot of people that are listening to this are probably clients of mine, and we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. So they know that I'm an absolute baseball nut. Um, and I, I guess I have to credit that to my grandfather a little bit, um, you know, grew up in a sports household, you know, raised by sports nuts, but it was my grandfather that really instilled the love of baseball in me. And it wasn't just from playing it because obviously as a kid, that's all you care about. You don't care about sitting in front of the TV and watching a game. You want to go play it. You know, you watch five minutes of it. You want to go outside. You want to reenact what you see the players doing. You want to pretend that you're those guys. Um, now let's just let me let me stop right there. So let me ask you, uh, what about baseball is it that draws you in to be your number one sport? I mean, it, it's the one sport that you love the most. Uh, with, with you know hockey out there and football out there and basketball and okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a question to see where I want to take it. Are you talking about from an early age, what, how it became that, or like modern day right now, why it's my favorite against everything else? Well, obviously it's evolved, right? So oh, maybe, yeah. maybe when you were a kid, what, what, what drew you to it? And then over your life, what has it become? Well, as a kid, like I said, when, when you love sports and you love playing them as a kid, you can't sit still for five minutes. So you want to go reenact what you see and that's what you love about it. And for most kids, even if they love baseball, try getting a six-year-old to sit there and watch nine innings, whether he's there in front of a TV. It just doesn't happen. But from and, an and early... we've seen that taking our kids to... Exactly. Four I mean, fields, it's like they could be drive. the most intrigued in the world, but you get three, four innings in, 
they're like squirrels. Yeah. They have no attention span. Luck, luckily, our seats are normally by the playground. That are, exactly. That so that way we can playground. say go play So while we play. <laughs> right. But one thing that I noticed at a very early age, and, I, and again, I credit this to, to my grandfather, was him teaching me, I guess, the underlying beauty of the game. How there's so much more than balls and strikes. It's a very, it, it's, truth be told, it's more mental than physical. There's so many moving components that go in to not only putting a team on the field, but to what can happen in any given game. And it's 162 long, grueling games to get to the point where you have something to show for it. Or can you have something to show for it? So growing up, not only playing it, I mean, obviously I wasn't six foot six. So, you know, baseball was always there to say, okay, I can do this. I'm built, I'm built for this. You know, I'm not built to be a linebacker. I'm not built to be a center, you know, in basketball. And as I got older and as I became an adult and as I had to incorporate things that as a kid, you would never think you would have any interest in like math. We all hated math growing up. And then you figure, okay, yeah, you are going to use this every day. And then you actually find things about numbers and and financials and stuff like this that you're like okay i'm good at this well you get to incorporate it into something you love like baseball and say there's so much more to it than here's a talented guy let's put him on the field let's see what he can do i think what intrigues me most now is looking at the back end of it looking at the position of the scouts the general managers and seeing how they have to look at every corner of the world to say Here's what we like and why. Here's why they're going to fit into this particular rotation. Here's why we are okay with spending this amount of money, so on and so forth. And I, I don't know. Maybe I like the slower pace. I Don't get me wrong. I love fast-paced, action-packed. That's why I like hockey. That's why I enjoy football. And that's why basketball will always be popular in America. But there's just something about a game with no time limit. Sitting there and we're going to play until it's over versus saying you've got 60 minutes you've got 40 minutes you've you know you're on a time limit it just you know let it be what it is and whatever happens happens it's it's essentially never ending until it ends if that even makes sense yeah you know it definitely makes sense because bat baseball and uh, cricket are very related and cricket can last five you know a couple weeks they can have one yeah. <laughs> one match but so you but you said you know the question is now the question is mm-hmm. where has it come to you said the beginning we both have are, are uh, have transitioned in our careers um, and that's a good segue into how did you take your business acumen your uh, numbers and working that and what are you doing now with it okay so what I did was I started and you know it's gonna sound you know you tell most people that aren't doing it and they they look at you like you have 10 heads when you tell them that you were going to, I hate using the term gambling, but that's, I mean, that's what it is when you gamble on sports because you have that persona of Pete Rose or you're doing something wrong. You know, it's no different than, you know, playing a hand of blackjack, except in this, you, it's not as much of a game of chance. You have the information. You just have to go find it. And if you can find it, and you know how to find value within the numbers, it's a lot more black and white. It's a lot more like, hey, there's value here, let's take it. Or 
what are my chances of coming out on top of this? So I started doing that, truth be told, in high school when you know, I wasn't old enough to do it. Obviously, it wasn't legal, but, you know, growing up in the area I did, you know, you go to little pool halls and play parlays for $5, whatever, started getting into it. Then after, you know, the years of college age and stuff like that, I started doing it more on a regular basis, let's say. Then once I got to be 23, 24 years old, I found myself doing it on a full-time basis and actually making full-time money doing it. So that's when I just went headfirst into it and said, okay, let us let me do the numbers. Let me do the financials. Let me use my real knowledge of not only finding an edge, but my knowledge of the sport itself. Fast forward to 2016, I partner with someone. We, you know, we start selling the information that we have. It goes well. 2019, I launched chasewins.com, which is a full service sports consulting business where, you know, I provide all of my information and my intel and give you the games that, you know, I have not only personally wagered on, but that I found the edge in. And if you follow the system that I put in place for the financial side of it and follow my games, the long-term success speaks for itself. So that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, not only, we play every major sport, but baseball is definitely one that I'm most well-known for. And it's been lucrative so far. Absolutely. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you about that. You know, one of the things is obviously your bankroll and managing your bankroll, um, which is one of the things that... Yeah, uh, that's what people just don't get from the start. They think that it's just finding a winner. People don't get that when... And I didn't mean to cut you off here, but what you were what you were saying, this is a perfect intro to it. There are times when I can go out there and give my clients four games in a day. We could lose three of them, win one, but it's that one, and that's the one that I told them to step out on for the one reason, and they follow that system. Most people don't believe that you can go one and three and still make money that day. It's not about the wins and losses. It's about how you place your money, where you place it, and how consistently you do it over time yeah. to find the edge, to not wager over a certain amount, to not put yourself at so much risk. And in the end, and it's hard for some people. You know, some people just think, you know, especially with me, I can go out there and give them 20 winners in a row, and they think, this guy can't lose. They step out, they do something stupid, and before you know it, three losses have killed their 20 wins. And I'm like, well, why'd you step away from the system? You don't ever step away. And they just, it takes them making mistakes for them to finally get it and say, okay, I see what you mean now, but it's kind of like ways, not, not for a cheap uh, plug for a GPS app. But when I don't trust ways <laughs> to get to a place, I always regret it. Yeah. Trust the system, right? Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Trust the process. So well, that was a good introduction of uh, my friend Chase here. And uh, I'll quickly introduce myself. Um, my name, my real name is Brian, but uh, everybody calls me. Um, my friends call me Hawk. It was, came from my grandfather, uh, and I'm Native American, and that was one of the nicknames that my grandfather called me. So, uh, how I got into podcasting was basically talking to Chase about this, and uh, knowing that I had a, a pretty decent voice. Uh, hopefully, everybody out there listening thinks I have a decent voice. Uh, I do some sports announcing uh, at. Uh, most recently, Furman University. I am the backup for Furman University football uh, and the spotter. So I help uh, a friend of mine uh, and co-worker, obviously, in the press box there in the fall for uh, announcing for Furman University football. Go Paladins. 
and uh, other sports that I've done there is baseball and softball. Did a couple soccer matches. And then this past spring, I actually was the main announcer for women's and men's lacrosse. And it looks like this spring, actually this past spring, let me step back, I uh, showed up one day to do um, to announce one of their games against the Utah Utes men's lacrosse versus Utah, and the television commentator didn't show up. So I actually was able to announce, uh, be the TV commentator on ESPN3 for the Furman versus Utah men's lacrosse game back in the spring. And it uh, looks like after some discussions with the the, the producer and director there, uh, I'm going to be the full-time uh, television commentator for Furman Men's Lacrosse coming here in the spring of 2020. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, where I am with sports, um, you know, I am not as much of a diehard baseball fan as Chase is. I'm just an overall sports fan. Love sports. I think it, it adds so much to society. Um, you know, look, we're, we're in a, a pretty weird time in our society right now, and I think it's sports is a great distraction. Um, we saw that, uh, you know, 20 years ago almost when it was 9-11, and uh, sports really brought our country and unified our country out of that instance. Uh, heck, you, you can see that back in World War II, you know. Uh, once uh, the boys came home from World War II, baseball, you know, had a resurgence of interest. Uh, in a, the NFL uh, always gives us uh, some good things to talk about as well. So I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, and, uh, you know, being able to talk this through with, with an expert like Chase uh, with regards to baseball is going to be very uh, entertaining for me as well as hopefully you all as our listeners. How did you, how did you know or, I guess, start from the beginning? So, so you're doing the stuff with Furman. You're doing the you know, the spotting and the announcing, and now it's going to get into some form of broadcasting. What made you want to get into that? How did that break through? And, and do you see yourself trying to evolve into something, you know, bigger from that and take that to as far as it can take you? Well, you know, I love doing it. It's, it's incredibly fun being a part of the production. Um, I am in a career transition right now. Um, having, uh, having, uh, left my company, uh, that I was previously working for uh, about a month or so ago. Um, and, you know, I've gone and I've been the cameraman at, you know, affirmative basketball games or the cord puller, just the guy that, you know, is under the basket pulling the camera. I've always wondered about camera people. Is it as hard as it looks? Um, I will say that I wish they would have told me what to do. Um, now, granted, it's zoom in, zoom out. Because, like, we're sitting here watching a basketball game on TV as we're doing this, and you just see the camera angles. They make it so easy to watch. And you know they've got 50 people doing this, but it's like when something, like, a fast break happens immediately. It's how these guys know how to not only follow it, but get ahead of the action so you don't miss any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the guys that are under the basket, you can tell that those guys were the ones that have, that have been doing camera for a while. Right. Um, I was, you know, up on one of the side cameras and really mine was more for replays and things like that. Okay, they didn't use you. my camera a lot. Uh, but they use it a couple times. And I think about that in baseball, too, is like when you have a day game and somebody hits a pop fly up in the sun. Well, you can't see it when you're in the ballpark. You certainly can't see it on TV, but somehow that camera guy not only finds it, but he doesn't let it, he yeah. doesn't let go of it. Yeah, and you know, granted, with the with the major league productions, those are those are professional camera people. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, I, I'm sure. But still, that's that's I got to give it to him. That's talent. I was not a professional camera person. I can tell you that. I have not been asked back to do <laughs> that. So maybe <laughs> that's the reason why. But you know. 
I've, I was always told that I had a good voice. Um, years ago when I was living in Baltimore, I, I'm originally from Maryland. Um, so um, grew up as a, uh, a Redskins fan. But after I got out of the military, I uh, had uh, I moved to Baltimore. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, I started following the Ravens. And now I'm a, a pretty big Ravens fan, which it has worked out this year, given uh, Lamar Jackson and our team, our defense. Uh, it's very exciting. But when I worked in Baltimore for a company, uh, there was there was a ladies there that just called me the voice, and I didn't know that they called me the voice until you know several years working there. But they could always tell when I was walking into um, in, into their department or or on their floor or something like that. So I always knew that I had a, a decent voice, um, you know, a face for radio, as they would say. Right. <laughs> um, and when when uh, we lived in North Carolina, uh, we had just moved there, and the news had announced that the Durham Bulls had narrowed down their tryouts for their for their PA announcer. And I thought, man, I missed my shot because I always wanted to try out. Well, fast forward to 2016, 17, I'm sorry, 2017, and the Furman Paladins had announced a local Wait, wait news. a minute, back up one second. So they, they were holding tryouts for the full-blown announcer. Yeah, for the Durham Bulls, for, the, for, their, for their announcer, their stadium announcer. In okay, all right. Um, but I missed the the tryouts because they happened before I moved it down. Okay. So I saw the news that they had narrowed it down to like eight finalists. I was about to say, because I've heard the Durham Bulls guy before, and I think you would have gotten that job. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I'm just saying, he, <laughs> you can tell that they actually held local tryouts. Yeah, so, <laughs> so fast forward to 2017, and Furman uh, tells the local news stations, and I'm sitting there you know, helping my wife with dinner, and the news is on, and they say that Furman's having tryouts for their stadium PA announcer for their football team. So I signed up for it and uh, went down, did my first audition, and got called. I was one of uh, five people out of 55 people that got called back in for a second audition, and I essentially got second place. Um, and I told them that I would love to learn. I'd never done it before. So while I have the voice, it takes a lot of skill and you have to understand what you're announcing and ad-libbing and on the fly. And I, I did not have those skills. I, I readily admit. Um, so, but these last couple of years in the booth, I, I think that I've, I've gotten those. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, I think you also asked, you know, would I love to do more of it? Yes, I would. I mean, anything that you enjoy doing, um, is not work, right? It's, it's not a job. It's, it's something that's fun. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this spring. Hopefully it does pan out with the television commentating. Um, you know, there's other opportunities that I've noticed, uh, being listed, uh, that I'll, that I'll try out for, you know, I've, I've sent in my audition tapes to be the PA announcer for the Greenville triumph, which is a minor league soccer team. Uh, and they, uh, they did not select me, but they said that they would keep, you know, my audition tapes and my information, uh, should they need anything. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get on the backup list at the Greenville drive to see if I can announce some of their games. And then of course this podcast, you know, and the, the other work that we're going to do, I think will be beneficial for, uh, my voice, voice work, um, you know, potential or voice work, um, you know, seeking, seeking some more employment through that. So. All right. Well, well, at least you guys know something about us now. You may not care. That's fine. But at least you can't say that you don't know who we are to at least a certain extent. We'll talk more about it as episodes go on. Um, one thing that I did want to say and, and touch on that Brian kind of already mentioned is, is we want this to be an interactive podcast. We don't want to just come on here every week and say, 
you know, here's the topics that, you know, you guys maybe have already heard from, from other sources because it's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about what you guys want to hear. So even if you think for, even for a second, that eh, I'm not going to say anything because I think it might be boring. Email us. Um, we're going to have social media and everything set up. So um, we're going to have, you know, until we get that set up, you know, I don't want to just throw out a bunch of emails for people to, you know, have to try to remember, but we want this to be all interactive. We want you to send in your questions. We're going to try to take uh, live phone calls at some point. So, but again, this is a process for myself, for Brian, and it's still somewhat of a learning curve, even though we've gotten over the initial hump, there's still going to be things along the way that we have to learn, that we have to learn the hard way. So, and if you guys have any, you know, if there's any podcast people out there that happen to be listening, you got any tips? We're not shy. Please. Yeah, it's a learning experience for us too. So, you know, any ways that we can improve, uh, we'd like to hear that. So with that said, we will wrap up again. Stay tuned for episode one, which will be our previous interview with Eric Jarenko, general manager of the Greenville Drive, the single-A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. And then episode two will be uh, me talking with Chase about his visit to the Major League Baseball winter meetings. Yep. For that, I'm out. I'm Hawk. I'm Chase. And we'll talk to you later. See you. Peace.